This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Hanam. My co-host, Jamal Dejani, is on assignment right now. And today we have an excellent show. We're going to be speaking with Liz Jackson, an attorney for Palestine Legal. We're going to be hearing about some critical and important elements that have been happening in the Palestine Solidarity Movement and some of the attempts by pro-Israeli forces to derail pro-Palestine activity by using legal means. Palestine legal attorney Liz Jackson will be discussing some of the preeminent cases having to do with confronting uh, these issues. Stay tuned. This is Arab Talk on KPOO in San Francisco. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. Um, we're very fortunate to have with us on the line right now Liz Jackson, who is an attorney with Palestine Legal. Uh, Palestine Legal is one of the premier legal organizations in the United States right now, and the, the mission of Palestine Legal and there are many, and we'll hear from Liz in a second about that. But in my opinion, uh, one of the critical missions of Palestine Legal is to confront the juggernaut of legal attacks on Palestine activism and pro-Palestine activity, not just on campuses, but th throughout the United States. And we're going to be hearing from Liz about that today. So, Liz, welcome again to Arab Talk. Hi. Thanks for having me. No, thanks so much for being with us today. So... You know, we've had you on the air a number of times here, and um, unfortunately, every time we speak with you, there are lots of crises that we're confronting in the uh, pro-Palestine community. When you look at what we're at right now since the last time we spoke, what's your State of the Union, so to speak, analysis <laughs> of where we're at right now? Well, the solidarity movement in the U.S continues to grow because more and more people, especially young people, are looking at the world and see the, you know, great injustices and believe in freedom and equality and justice for Palestinians. And more and more people draw connections between the struggle for Palestinian equality and the struggle of the water protectors in the U.S. or, uh, you know, the, the, the struggle of black people in the U.S. to be free from police murders. All of this is connected, and people more and more see that. So with a growing solidarity movement in the U.S. that's really challenging power and starting to challenge the status quo is more and more of a growing movement to suppress um, and crush that that movement, and it's be and the state of the union is that the suppression attempts are are growing and they're they're more severe. And I can get into a couple of examples. Yeah, we'll do that in a second. And it seems like one technique that the uh, uh, the anti I should say anti justice, anti Palestine movement is exercising right now is using. Um, legal means, lawsuits, legal attacks, social media attacks. I mean, what, what's been happening on many campuses and against many organizations is, is rather shocking. So the work of Palestine Legal becomes even more important. I'd like to start, if that's okay with you, 
with what's happening at San Francisco State University. That, that in my mind, seems to be really critical. I wonder if you could give our listeners kind of a, a brief overview of what's been happening at San Francisco State. Yeah, I agree. It's a good place to start. So there's a lot of stories we can tell about San Francisco State, but the most um, recent is that in in uh, at the end of February, in response to the you know Trump political era, um, many students on campus afraid for their physical well-being and their families' well-being, um, they organized the Know Your Rights Fair, and the fair was designed to target students from the Arab Muslim. LGBTQ and undocumented communities, and they invited community partners to come and, and talk to students about how to protect their legal rights and protect their physical safety. And they did not invite the organization Hillel to table at the event. Um, the reason is because Hillel is not a sort of primary community partner that's been supportive of these students' communities. To the contrary, Hillel has a long record of conduct that really directly attacks students um, who disagree with them on Israel. In response to not being invited to table, Hillel filed a religious discrimination complaint against the organizing committee of this important event, accusing them of anti-Semitism. So that's being investigated now, and this follows on the heels of uh, really years, but but over the past year, several events of the, the Israel advocacy community accusing the university of of tolerating an anti-Semitic climate and blaming GUPS and other you know ethnic students organ ethnic studies organization and other student groups that are out there making connections between Palestine and other struggles. Right. And so I can get in. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I'd like to put that in the context of, Liz, is that um, there have also been a lot of um, uh, attacks on Arab and Muslim students at San Francisco State. There was also the hateful flyer that was put up targeting a lot of uh, GUP students and specifically uh, Professor Rabab Abdelhadi. So it seems to be quite an aggressive, if not uh, some might argue, including myself, kind of a hostile environment right now for pro-Palestine activism at San Francisco State. That's right, and it's not just a hostile environment for those you know, political views in support of Palestinian equality. It's a hostile environment based on race and national origin towards Arab and Muslims. Um, and one good example of that is, like you described, these, these hateful posters um, really relying on classic Islamophobic stereotypes to call anyone um, who would be supportive of Palestinian rights to call them terrorists. Um, and anti-Semites. Those are, you know, Islamophobic stereotypes, and they're they're untrue. And a lot of to make the connection between these hateful posters, which, like I said, accused Professor Abdul Hadi and other students of being pro-terrorist and anti-Semitic. These posters, um, some may call them, oh, those are just the extremists who put them up. They were put up by the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Um, but it's really important to see the connection between these posters and, for example, Hillel's complaint against this Know Your Rights Fair. Right. Um, the connection is this same idea that it is hateful uh, to advocate for Palestinian equality, um, that somehow believing in justice and, and freedom and equal rights for all in that, that to equate that with hatred um, for of Jewish of Jewish people because they're Jews or or, or to equate that with support for violence, um, that's a completely false equation, and that 
that idea is, you know, that connection is being made constantly by groups like Hillel, um, as well as extremists like David Horowitz. Um, and the sort of people who are connected to them who are in the White House, unfortunately. Yeah, and that, that's very unfortunately. Yes, and that does seem to be the new the new angle, the new program, uh, uh, in terms of the uh, attempt to derail, uh, intimidate, threaten, and now it seems using the the courts to to sue to to kind of create this environment of real significant hostility against pro-Palestine activists on campuses now. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of what these false accusations are against students or professors who are vocal about Palestinian freedom, the, the false accusations lead to court cases because it's about laying a record and trying to establish a factual record, which is really just untrue. Um, there's no... This, the Know Your Rights Fair was had nothing to do with religious discrimination, but they make this accusation, and that's one step towards a lawsuit against San Francisco State to accuse San Francisco State of, of being hostile towards Jewish students. So that's... that's so legal bullying right. is what that is. That, that's the word I was looking for, the phrase I was looking for, using the legal system to actually bully and intimidate um, yeah, students, faculty, right. and pro-Palestine activists. That's right. So, and this case, if I could just say yeah, one more please. thing, this case epitomizes the bullying dynamic because these were students who were trying to stand up for themselves by organizing a Know Your Rights Fair, trying to protect each other and protect their community. And this, that's what a bully does, is that when you stand up for yourself, you get punished doubly, right? How dare you for even daring to stand up for your own community and saying, no, we don't want a hateful, a discriminatory organization to have a table at this event. You know, they're punished for daring to, to protect themselves, and that's what a bully does. We're speaking with Liz Jackson, who's an attorney for Palestine Legal. And by the way, if you want more information about Palestine Legal, I recommend their website. It's, it's a fantastic website. Um, we encourage our listeners to also, uh, you know, read and donate to Palestine Legal. It's an extraordinary organization. That website is palestinelegaloneword.org. Liz, um, Thank you. I, I want to make sure that we, we cover a lot. We don't have a lot of time with you today, but... I, I'm kind of shocked at what's happening at Fordham University. I I really thought that universities, you know, you know, again, you know, empowering students, in, empowering students to to kind of collectively organize themselves, have student groups is one of the bedrock aspects of of university life now, not just in the United States, but you know, internationally and. I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding what's happening at Fordham. Could you mm -hmm. help us understand that? Yeah, I'll break it down. So um, Fordham is a, a private Jesuit school in New York City, and some a group of students there um, wanted to talk about Palestinian rights and decided to organize a club called Students for Justice in Palestine, went through all the you know proper procedures to apply and register and get the club approved, and it was approved by the student government. And um, when it reached the dean's desk, who's supposed to give it a stamp of approval, he uh, stepped in to say, nope, we will not approve Students for Justice in Palestine because we are worried that you promote boycott, divestment, and sanctions for Palestinian rights, and that's too divisive for our campus. So we deny you the right to form a student club. Uh, so, of course, this... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just... I'm, my, you know, it's radio, so you can't see that my jaw is actually dropped to the ground that 
that this is happening in 2017. I mean, it's surprising and not surprising, but that they would actually come out at, at this level of First Amendment attack and, and deny a student group from from forming is is truly extraordinary. Yeah, it's extraordinary. So if Fordham were a public school, this would be unquestionably crystal clear violation of the First Amendment. There's right. really clear Supreme Court case law on that. It's a private school, so um, they are bound by the law to uh, fulfill the promises they make to their students. And Fordham, like any other, you know, accredited university um, that's considered you know, where you get a real education, they do promise to support free speech um, and to allow students to have open dialogue about, you know, our world's most crucial issues. So Fordham did make that promise, and they are in violation of the law for violating that promise. Um, and, and that's why we sued them, and this, this case is, is going through the court system now. And, you know, to connect it to what we just talked about at San Francisco State, one of the justifications um, that Fordham used to, to try and um, explain to the court why they would so, you know, brazenly violate basic free speech was to say, look, look at all these things on the record about how disruptive Students for Justice in Palestine is. And they cited to a couple of other cases um, where, you know, the, the use untrue facts and the sources right. they use this 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 right-wing organization called Algaminer, um, which is constantly, you know, it's a fake news website, constantly publishing completely false accusations against students, professors, any other community activist who speaks about Palestine. Right. So, and they, and Fordham actually cited this stuff as, as part of their justification. Tell me, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about your, the, the, the kind of, without going into too much detail, the, the kind of legal uh, um, approach to Fordham, You're, uh, how are you guys uh, thinking about approaching this? So the the lawsuit is going through the courts. We filed it in May, and um, Fordham already uh, moved to dismiss the lawsuit, and we're now working on replying to that. And the the legal theory is that uh, Fordham violated its its own procedures and its own policies, and the courts um, will enforce that. It's, called, it's the procedure in New York. It's called Article 78. That's too much detail, probably. So um, the the approach is legally you are in violation of the law if you break your own internal policies. Right. Well, we we are waiting uh, anxiously to hear the status of of your reply and you know what yeah. the next steps are. Let's let's go back to the West Coast and uh, try to figure out what's happening at the University of California at Irvine, where things have historically been kind of difficult for, well, for Arab and Muslim students in general, but also for pro-Palestine uh, activists. That's right. There's a long history of repression there. Um, in 2010, there were 11 students who did a verbal protest of the Israeli ambassador who was speaking, and they were criminally prosecuted and convicted for disruption of a public meeting, which, you know, sent uh, chills down the spine everywhere. Um, and fast forward a few years ahead now, they, um, students were doing their anti-Zionism week where they have uh, a mock apartheid wall to educate uh, their peers about what's happening in Palestine. And an entourage of Israeli soldiers called reservists on duty came to campus to harass students for four days straight. Um, sexual harassment, racist stuff, physical assaults, 
um, screaming in students' faces, interrupting every conversation, and sort of nonstop surveillance with cameras in their faces and threatening to put them on blacklisting websites like Canary Mission. Really scary for students, especially Palestinian students who have their own direct experiences of, of trauma and violence interacting with Israeli soldiers. Um, really triggered, uh, you know, real anxiety and nightmares um, for students and, of course, on the eve of final exams and all this. They asked the university for help. The university said there's nothing we can do. Wow. So the students went to the soldiers' panel, speaking panel, and it was heated. Um, it was a heated political discussion. And then one of the soldiers' entourage, camera woman, tried to physically assault the students there. Oh, jeez. And that um, triggered the crowd to erupt in chanting, which... You know, if you watch the videos, you can see it's actually a classic sort of nonviolent tactic to de-escalate the situation. Um, they chanted for three and a half minutes and then left the room. For that chanting, they're being uh, investigated again for disruption, which is what the, the students, the Irvine 11 in right. 2010, were criminally prosecuted for. Right. So they're undergoing disciplinary proceedings. Um, a absolutely shocking and discriminatory case of blame the victim. And it's it's so we're it's, fighting that. Yeah, and it, it you know it's 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 part of that long history of the students in 2010 who faced the same thing. Uh, it, what, what is happening at UC Irvine such that people cannot be you know be free to speak in this way, especially with this classic nonviolent approach that you know that they engaged in? What's happening there? Yeah. What's happening is that there is a uh, Israel advocacy lobby that has been hammering the university with um, anti-Semitism accusations and distorted facts and demanding that the university punish and suppress this kind of speech. And they're hammering at the university and have been for years. And the university is, is scrambling to respond to this lobby. Wow. We're speaking. Yeah. We're speaking with Liz Jackson. She's a uh, an attorney with Palestine Legal. Liz, we only have you for a few more minutes. I want to again encourage our listeners to go to your website, PalestineLegal.org. This is an incredibly important organization. Our our listeners who are listening here in the Bay or nationally and internationally uh, online need to go to the website, check out the information. I would say, arguably, I think it's among the most important organizations on the on the forefront of of protecting pro-palestine organizations advocacy justice and allies uh, in the country right now uh, i am really hoping that our listeners check it out any last words you want to say about palestine legal well i thank you so much for that endorsement and recognizing how crucial our work is and i agree and i want to add that we are movement lawyers which means the, the crucial people are the are the activists out there who are you know courageous and following their conscience to stand up for Palestinian equality and freedom and and we we are behind them so that's you know that's that's whose lead we follow and that's who we're here to support that that's the voice of Liz Jackson attorney for Palestine legal Liz thank you so much I'm sure we're going to have you back because we need to have you come back to talk about anti-BDS legislation that's moving through the Congress. We'll do that at another time. Thank you so much for your work. Let's do that soon. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you so much. That's the voice of Liz Jackson from Palestine Legal. I want to thank you for joining us today on Arab Talk. Send us your comments to arabtalk 
at kpo.com. We'll see you next week.